This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, September 1st. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Kate Trinko. In a bewildering news story highlighting the sheer ridiculousness of identity politics, the University of Wisconsin recently moved a boulder from campus at the request of a small group of students who said that The Rock was racist. Today's show features a conversation between The Daily Signal's Fred Lucas and Jarrett Stepman as they discuss the madness behind the decision and the effects of cancel culture and how it takes down monuments. And don't forget, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please be sure to leave us a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now, on to our top news. President Joe Biden delivered a speech Tuesday afternoon, just about 24 hours after all American troops were pulled from Afghanistan. Here's what the president had to say per The Washington Post. I refuse to continue the war that was no longer in the service of the vital national interest of our people. And most of all, after 800,000 Americans serving Afghanistan, I've traveled that whole country brave and honorable service after 20,744 American servicemen and women injured and the loss of 2,461 American personnel, including 13 lives, lost just this week. I refuse to open another decade of warfare in Afghanistan. We've been a nation too long at war. If you're 20 years old today, You've never known an America at peace. So when I hear that we could have, should have continued the so-called low-grade effort in Afghanistan at low risk to our service members, at low cost, I don't think enough people understand how much we have asked of the 1% of this country who put that uniform on, willing to put their lives on the line in defense of our nation. The end of the 20-year war in Afghanistan marks the conclusion of America's longest war. On Tuesday, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy criticized the Biden administration for leaving Americans behind in Afghanistan. Here's what he had to say via C-SPAN. What is the plan to get Americans out? Never in my lifetime would I ever believe America would have an administration knowingly make a decision to leave Americans behind. Whereas just two weeks ago, the president promised this nation that he would not leave until every single American was out. We're two weeks away of the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We now have Americans stuck in Afghanistan, the Taliban in charge, with more weaponry than they've ever had in the past, and a border that is open. Representative Clay Higgins, flanked by other members of the House Freedom Caucus, called on President Biden, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Miley to resign. Via the Hill, here's what the Louisiana Republican had to say. This morning I introduced three resolutions calling for resignation. One, for the President of our United States, 
another for his Secretary of Defense, and another for his Chairman of the Joint Chiefs. America faces a great division coming into this, this era of unspeakable grief as we look with broken hearts upon the failure of our executive branch to execute a well-planned withdrawal of American forces and allies and assets from Afghanistan. Several of the parents of the soldiers killed in the suicide bombing at the Kabul airport are speaking out against the president. Some of the parents of the 13 service members have met with the president. Others have turned down that invitation. Mark Schmidt, the father of fallen Marine Lance Corporal Jared Schmidt, chose to meet with President Joe Biden and told Fox News' Sean Hannity how the interaction went. Well, initially I wasn't going to meet with him, um, but then I felt I owed it to my son to uh, at least have some words with him about how I felt. And uh, uh, it, it didn't go well. Um, he talked a bit more about his own son than he did my son, and that, that didn't sit well with me. Video and photos of Biden checking his watch during the dignified transfer of the fallen service members has been circulating throughout the news. Darren Hoover, the father of fallen Marine Staff Sergeant Taylor Hoover, told Hannity that the president checked his watch multiple times as the caskets were carried from the airplane at Dover Air Force Base. In reference to the checking of his watch, that didn't happen just once. That happened on every single one that came out of that airplane. It happened on every single one of them. They would release the salute, and he looked down at his watch on every last one, all 13. He looked down at his watch. Shanna Chappelle is the mother of fallen Marine Corps Lance Corporal Kareem M. Nakawi. She also commented on Biden checking his watch, writing in a message on Facebook to the president, as my son and the rest of our fallen heroes were being taken off the plane yesterday, I watched you disrespect us all five times by checking your watch. Chappelle spoke with Biden earlier this week, and like Mark Schmitz, she said the meeting did not go well. She wrote on Facebook to the president, you then said you just wanted me to know that you know how I feel. And I let you know that you don't know how I feel and you do not have the right to tell me you know how I feel. Chappelle continued, you turned to walk away and I let you know my son's blood was on your hands. And you threw your hand up behind you as you walked away from me like you were saying, OK, whatever. The attorneys general of 20 states are suing the Biden administration over guidance related to gender identity. A press release from the office of Tennessee Attorney General Herbert H. Slattery III states, the multi-state coalition challenges federal guidance issued by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and the Department of Education concerning issues of enormous importance. 
the guidance purports to resolve highly controversial and localized issues, such as whether schools must allow biological males to compete on girls' sports teams, whether employers and schools may maintain sex-separated showers and locker rooms, and whether individuals may be compelled to use another person's preferred pronouns. Tennessee Attorney General Slattery said in a statement, This case is about two federal agencies changing law, which is Congress's exclusive prerogative. The agencies simply do not have that authority, but that has not stopped them from trying. Even their attempts, as unlawful as they are, did not follow the Administrative Procedures Act. States over and over again have challenged federal agencies on this issue and been successful. These agencies also have misconstrued the Supreme Court's Bostock decision by claiming its prohibition of discrimination applies to locker rooms, showers, and bathrooms under Title IX and Title VII and biological men who identify as women competing in women's sports, when the Supreme Court specifically said it was not deciding those issues in Bostock. All of this together with the threat of withholding educational funding in the midst of a pandemic, warrants this lawsuit. Now stay tuned for Jarrett Stepman and Fred Lucas's discussion on the so-called racist rock and cancel culture taking down monuments. If you're tired of high taxes, fewer healthcare choices, and bigger and bigger government, it's time to partner with the most impactful conservative organization in America. We're the Heritage Foundation, and we're committed to solving the issues America faces. Together, we'll fight back against the rising tide of homegrown socialism, and we'll fight for conservative solutions that are making families more free and more prosperous. But we can't do it without you. Please join us at heritage.org. This is Fred Lucas with The Daily Signal, and I'm here with my colleague Jarrett Stepman, who wrote a really amazing piece. In some ways, it's uh, shocking. In some ways, it's funny. In other ways, it's sad. Uh, at uh, And if you could tell us about this, uh, Jarrett, at the University of Wisconsin, they have determined that a rock is racist. Now, to most folks, that doesn't make any sense on the surface. Maybe you can explain it and make some sense of it or not. Well, I, I, I'll try to at least explain it, making sense of it. Uh, I think you, <laughs> right. you hear the full story. It won't, won't quite do it justice. Yeah. The University of Wisconsin-Madison discovered that they have a two billion year old uh, racist rock, which I believe is a record for the oldest racist rock uh, in America. It's, it's quite impressive. So systemic uh, so, racism has been around for predates quite, quite, 1619, I think, it, as you pointed out. In the, it in the does. Piece. It predates 1619 by a few billion years, uh, which is quite incredible. So how this story began is that a few years ago, I believe it was 2017, uh, somebody at the University of Wisconsin-Madison discovered a, uh, a newspaper clipping uh, from a, a local newspaper explaining uh, the introduction of this rock to campus. Now, the, the rock is actually a monument uh, to a, a geologist at the time who was quite famous in the early 20th century. His name was uh, Thomas Chamberlain, who was actually the school's president at one point. Uh, so they, they dedicated this huge boulder, which is, I guess, a special kind of rock. It's very, very old. It was dug up and very impressive. It's like 70, 75 tons 
Uh, but they, they put on display, so there's this newspaper clipping uh, that uses a word to describe the rock, which is a derogatory term, certainly in modern language. It was basically described that it was a large, dark-colored rock. Uh, but the word they used was, uh, you know, uh, an ugly word, I, I think, certainly in the modern day, but it had a different meaning uh, at the time. And so based on the single usage of this word for what amounts to essentially a, a wire story, like a, a little press clip from this uh, inauguration of this rock, uh, various activist groups on campus started to call for the removal of this boulder, started to demand that this legacy of racism uh, be stripped from campus because it was uh, threatening uh, to, to students of color on campus, that this was a uh, this was a terrible thing, a legacy of, of white supremacy. They argued that, well, uh, not only was this name used, but the Ku Klux Klan existed at the time of the 1920s, and that's also bad. Uh, and they actually were able to, with enough pressure and activist sport, uh, they were able to get this, this rock removed from campus. Now, it wasn't entirely removed. It was simply shuttled to another part of the campus, uh, another plot of land the university owns, which I think is almost just as funny the fact that they didn't actually fully remove this thing just just rolling a, a boulder using a construction crew to roll a boulder from one end of campus to another is now a mark of uh social justice uh in the modern world real uh, bravery and, and courage to move to roll a rock from one side of campus to another but uh it, it really goes to uh how radical this movement has become i mean just a few years ago you know, we were talking about the war on history some of the debate was about uh, Confederate statues or other, uh, you know, controversial figures. But now we've gotten to a point where an old rock that has nothing really to do with racism, there's no accusations of the geologist or anything about the rock itself, really, other than this little newspaper clipping from 1925 that a student or somebody discovered uh, just a few years ago. Yeah, where you said that they just moved the rock, if... If they have determined that this is a racist rock, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't it be morally incumbent on them to destroy this rock? I, I, I re, just simply removing it doesn't seem quite enough. Well, I think that partially goes to both the, the seriousness of these attacks. I think on our history, which are very very serious, and yet a lot of these acts are just empty virtue signaling. I mean, I, there was a, a great piece uh, written by uh, Mark Hemingway in Real Clear Politics recently, which I was actually interviewed for, uh, talking about, well, you know, if we're going to go through these various small parts of history and accuse it of racism, you know, why not the Democrat Party, which, you know, if anything, actual institution does have a, a history of uh, supporting, well, why not go after that? Because a lot of part of this, I think, is simply... It's about power. It's about expressing power. The Democrat Party is, is the vehicle for the left in modern America. They don't have a reason. They certainly don't want to go after its institutional power. So they often go after this kind of low-hanging fruit, which is a, a rock on campus that they can symbolically use to show, oh, look, we, we live in a, a systemically racist society. We're fighting racism, and don't we feel good about ourselves for our incredible uh, courage and standing up to this systemic racism. And I think that's a large part of what it is. It's a performative act uh, for an ideology that is very much committed 
and to its purpose of being is to give people that kind of uh, feel good, like you're you're doing something, you're doing something to stop racism. You're an anti-racist, and that includes doing things that I think in normal times people would be just simply scratching their heads uh, and thinking, well, this sounds like something out of a, a, a satire website article, not something that's happening in real life, but it is, and it's happening at, 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 a, at a rapid pace. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask to make sure you didn't write this for the Babylon Bee or the Onion, but, <laughs> but you, in fact, did write it. It's, it's on dailysignal.com, so please check that out to get the details. But yeah, uh, if, if you could talk a little bit about uh, this is the University of Wisconsin. This is where just a couple of years ago there was this movement to try to get rid of a statue of Lincoln, um, which just seems kind of shocking, and that they they were doing it for some of the same reasons. Um, is this rock just to appease the people who are demanding that Lincoln be removed? Well, that sort of sounds like it because the, the, the activist groups were st are still asking to have yeah. this. Lincoln it's some of the same groups, right? <laughs> it's the same yeah. groups, actually. Right. There, there, yeah. there are several groups on campus that have been making these calls. Uh, they did not remove the Abraham Lincoln statue, but there okay. have been Good. protests now for, for years uh, saying that Abraham Lincoln, uh, he was a racist. Uh, he, he, was, he acted badly in the Dakota War, which I think is... A very unfair attack on Lincoln, and then of course, I this amused me that in 2017 at one protest, one of the leaders of the protest actually said that he wanted to get rid of Lincoln because Lincoln had owned slaves. Which I mean, Lincoln did not own no. slaves. He's known as the Great Emancipator, I think, for a reason. It's funny to me that these same groups that I mean, literally noted their courage and bravery and moving this rock don't find enough in themselves to give credit and honor to Abraham Lincoln, who literally died in the process of freeing millions of slaves. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that, that goes to show, I mean, it's these attacks on, on a history and figures of the past, many of whom are ones with a, a complicated legacy or, or did do things that are bad in a modern case, are, these attacks are coming from people who have nothing to show for themselves nearly of the level of a Lincoln or any of these other figures, the only thing they have to go on is their incredible wokeness and, and zealotry, uh, but no accomplishments to their name other than removing these horrible relics of the past, which I think really, again, it goes to what the ethos of this movement is. I think how it's changing the character, especially on college campuses, how dominant this is. Uh, this idea that the heroes have to be torn down uh, and nothing is left but those who are militant woke zealots uh, in their place. And I think it's very sad. And I, it's, it's unfortunate, especially given that not only does Lincoln have an incredible legacy for the country, but the school itself, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, may not even exist if it mm. wasn't for Lincoln who signed the uh, Moral Land Grant, which yeah. allowed the creation of the larger school there at University of Wisconsin. So they're literally taking down not only those consequential figures in our history, but their school's history, a school that right. they assumedly attend. They, they, uh, you know, they enjoy the fruits of its existence and its creation, uh, and yet they're willing to attack the people who are most responsible for it being there. We, we talked about the onion Babylon Bee aspect a minute ago. But uh, when, when you mentioned, when I first heard you mention this, it made me actually think about whether this may have started as someone t 
trolling uh, some of these lefty groups uh, and just seeing how far this type of thing might go. And and then sure enough, they actually removed the rock because uh, I, I I was um, a little bit I, I don't want to digress too much, but I, I was a little bit reminded. You know, I, I can remember something back in 2004 where there was this movement about uh, and it turned out to be this hoax, basically, or prank of addressing uh, the chemical compound dihydrogen monoxide uh, that, that can be found in the air we breathe and ev- all the food that we eat and big corporations are behind it and it's responsible for uh, thousands of deaths worldwide every year and we need to ban or regulate it. And, and at one point, a, a small city in California had it on their city council agenda, resolution of calling for the ban. And then they were notified before the before the meeting that, uh, oh, let's take this off. That's H2O, and <laughs> that's responsible for all these bad things. Uh, <laughs> and and, and pe- people were just putting this out as a hoax to see how far maybe the left might go with it. And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I sort of wondered if this is – did someone put this out to see how far the left might go with it? You know, I, I really wish that was the case. I guess, you know – the jokes on all of us because <laughs> this joke uh, seems to be carrying around the country. Uh, many of these, the fervently woke, seem to be entirely without humor whatsoever, uh, and uh, are, are are very serious uh, about what they think are these incredible mm-hmm. brave acts of courage to remove a rock or tear down a statue. I, I it was it was into the statement that actually uh, one of the students who's on uh, who's a campus representative in the city council was just incredible. Mm-hmm. She said this about the rock. She said, this moment is about the students past and present that relentlessly advocated for the removal of this racist monument. Uh-huh. Now is a moment for all of us BPOC, which means black indigenous people of color students to breathe a sigh of relief, to be proud of our endurance and begin healing. Now, just think about that for a moment. This this thing started with a newspaper clipping from 1925 where somebody used a word that is now very taboo. At the time, simply meant it was describing the, the color and the size of the rock. That this apparently has created such a horrible, awful, terrible environment that this student representative said that the, the people of color have endured on the call as if they are under uh, siege, as if this is they have just gone through uh, the, the, effectively some kind of holocaust or something like that. This is the kind of language uh, that's out there for something so small and so minor, I think, in most people's lives, it would go without note or passing. But the smallest transgression is of utmost importance uh, and requires uh, an anti-racist, as they may call it, response. Uh, it's really an incredible thing. And again, it, it almost it almost strips the humor out of things because what was, again, you know, 2004, there may have been humor about such things, but now they're coming to life. Mm. And it seems like the joke is on American society. The question will be, when do people, especially authorities, simply stop giving into the demands of radicals. I mean, that really is what it comes down to. I think in most serious times, uh, asking to remove a racist rock would be treated with no seriousness whatsoever. Uh, but now it's of utmost concern. Now it's something that, you know, they, they remove a rock and they're looking for another rock or, you know, something else to that they can blow up or remove. And I think that's the real danger here. I think that's something that needed to have been stopped 
years ago, more people should have drawn the line and say, you know, we're not going to allow this removal of our history. We're not going to allow this because we don't really see an end to this. We don't really see an end uh, to what will come under siege and attack uh, from those who uh, think of themselves as revolutionaries. And so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a rock today. It's Lincoln tomorrow. And who knows what will be next? My feeling is that we'll have a lot of empty pedestals uh, for the people who will never find perfection in this world. They'll never find utopia. Uh, they'll only be misery, and they'll only look for the next uh, symbol of white supremacy that must be brought down for the world to be perfect. And I, I think that's going to lead us to a very terrible place. Yeah, that, that and, um, I mean, when everything is racist, nothing is racist. And, uh, I mean, that, that's going to get to this point where if they're when and if there are uh, real cases of racism, people are going to stop paying attention. And that, I mean, you're right yeah. about that, Fred. It's just funny to me. It kind of one last note is you know, especially when they're going after a statue of Abraham Lincoln. Right. You know, yeah. literal uh, neo confederates may also be uh, with them trying to tear down a statue of Lincoln too. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Okay. There's some well, well, similarity there. You, they can unite behind that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this brings people together, their hatred for Lincoln. The woke and the neo-Confederates can there you be go. on the same team. <laughs> finally, we found unity. So. Fi fi finally, unity uh, yes. against uh, these symbols of uh, <laughs> unity in the American country. So, right. a very sad thing. But Unity uh, against the union, I guess. <laughs> unity <laughs> against union itself. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's where we come. I encourage everybody to read about this on DailySignal.com. And, Jarrett, thanks for uh, giving us some info on this. Oh, thank you, Fred, very much. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Virginia Allen and Kate Trinko. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, please visit DailySignal.com.